Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of Inside the Brain Of, where I will interview a movement specialist to get inside their brain and try to understand how they incorporate neurokinetic therapy into their approach to patient or client management. My name is Eric Nelson. I'm a board-certified sports chiropractor and NKT instructor. If you are listening and you are not an NKT provider, Hopefully, this podcast will give you some insight as to what NKT is and how you can utilize it to help your patients or clients. Make sure you check out and like the Inside Your Brain Facebook page. I'm almost at 500 likes, so please uh, feel free to share it with your friends as well, too. And keep in mind that these podcasts are available on iTunes for those of you that have iPhones or use iPads to listen to this. Now, before we get into the interview, I always like to start off with um, some advice about using NKT or, or, or something about learning NKT or, or, or something related to learning in general or even becoming a better person, because I know that's that's one of my goals in life is to try to, to be the best that I can be and always try to improve. Well, I recently started listening to an audio book called Mindset. It was uh, recommended by a colleague that I um, saw in a forum on Facebook that I belong to. And I'm always looking for interesting things to uh, listen to uh, on my ride to my office. And um, and this one kind of caught my attention. I really had no idea what it was about, but I, I clicked on it and it sounded pretty good. So I just started listening to it, but I'm really digging it a lot. Uh, the book's premise is that there's two basic mindsets. Uh, one is fixed and the other is growth. In a fixed mindset, people believe their basic qualities, like their intelligence or talent, are simply fixed traits. They spend their time documenting their intelligence or talent instead of developing them. They also believe that talent alone creates success without effort, and they're wrong. In a growth mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just the starting point. This view creates a love of learning and resilience that is essential for great accomplishment. Virtually all great people have had these qualities. So basically, in a fixed mindset, someone who fails at a task admits defeat, considers themselves a failure, and makes little or no effort to improve. Whereas someone with a growth mindset is someone who fails at a task but sees the failure as a challenge. They look for their way to improve their performance, and they do everything they can to improve uh, to succeed at their next attempt. Now, teaching a growth mindset creates motivation and productivity in the world of business, education, and sports. It also enhances relationships. Now, as I was listening to this um, today, in fact, I was it really brought to mind my um, my, my my girls, my my older daughter's uh, uh, ten years old, and I think it's a perfect example of a growth mindset. Uh, both of my girls uh, do gymnastics. The younger one is seven. And I've noticed that a lot of things come easier for her. My oldest one, she's pretty good, and you know, but she struggles a little bit, and she she has a little tougher time. And and last year, in fact, she had to have surgery on her elbow, which was due to fractured cartilage related to her joint hypermobility. Now, my wife and I kind of figured that that was probably going to be it, and she was probably going to quit. 
we didn't know how long the rehab would take or anything, and we thought it would be a struggle. But after three and a half months of, after the surgery, she was actually back um, on the team, and she was back with a vengeance. Uh, she worked harder than anyone on the team. It's, it's really amazing. Uh, watching her practice has, has been a pleasure, and I, it blows my mind how hard she works. Uh, but despite that, she still struggled and continued to work hard. I, I noticed that she kept working on ways to get better. She listened to her coaches and made the adjustments that she needed to make to get better, which she's the kind of kid in the past that, you know, if it doesn't come easy, then she kind of blows it off and doesn't really doesn't really work at it. So the, me watching this and my wife watching this has been just an absolute surprise and it, it just blows us away. And, you know, sure enough, her first meet was two weeks ago and she got a 9.6 on her beam, her beam routine to win first place. So you can imagine how extremely proud I am of her, but really the attitude she has this year is it, it just blows my mind away. I mean, she's she's absolutely amazing. And um, in the past, I definitely would consider that she would have had more of a fixed mindset, but now I see that the sky is the limit with her growth mindset, and she's constantly working on ways to improve. And I'm excited to see her next meet and to see what that's going to bring. I mean, this is just the beginning of the season. Um, it's going to be an exciting one, and uh, I'm just blown away again uh, by the fact that she's willing to grow. And I think that's something that we can all take note of. And I know, um, even though I just started listening to this book, I I'm pretty sure that, you know, we we all have different mindsets in different situations. Uh, I know as far as learning for me, I really try to to to, to learn as much as I can. Uh, if I don't succeed, I, I study more. I try to get better at it, and I continue working. But I know I have some areas like uh, trying to trying to play an instrument. <laughs> I don't have much um, musical talent, and, and traditionally I kind of just throw it out the window. But you know, I think I, I I need to personally just refocus my energy and realize, hey, it's never too young. Uh, you're never it's never too late to learn, and I'm I'm just gonna keep on trying at it, and hopefully I will uh, make some interesting uh, noise out of uh, my mandolin so that me and Margie uh, could play at some point. But anyways, um, you know, check out that book. It's called Mindset, and um, I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it. Now, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, the reason I started it was because there's so many incredible practitioners from all different professions that utilize uh, neurokinetic therapy. And I really was curious how a lot of these people incorporate it into their approach. Um, you know, we have chiropractors like myself, physical therapists, massage therapists, uh, medical doctors have been in my class, osteopaths, uh, massage therapists, if I didn't say that, uh, yoga instructors, Pilates instructors, kettlebell instructors, um, uh, running coaches. In fact, uh, one of my students is uh, Philly's best, was named Philly's best running coach. Um, so many different people. Um, athletic trainers, strength and conditioning coaches, uh, it, it just, it's amazing how many different people all over the world uh, utilize this technique. So I know that I'm curious how they use it, and I'm pretty sure you are as well too, and I've gotten some great feedback. Uh, if you do have any feedback, uh, feel free to send me a line. Uh, tonight I'm, I'm trying a different uh, microphone setup, so hopefully the sound will be better. So I do, I would appreciate some feedback on, on that, so feel free to send me a message through Facebook. Uh, if you have any ideas for for guests, uh, I'm always open to that. Um, I've got a couple in the in the queue that I'm I'm going to be interviewing, but I'm always uh, open to uh, suggestions. Um, 
So I'm very excited tonight to interview uh, my guest. Uh, he's a personal trainer, uh, manual therapist, and a movement e educator. He's an NKT instructor, and he's actually bringing NKT to South America. He utilizes many different techniques in his approach to managing his clients. And tonight, I am extremely excited to get inside the brain of Celio Silva. Hey, Celio, how's it going? You too, Eric. Excellent. Uh, well, you know, as I start these things, I always like to get a little bit of your background. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, where you were born, where you're from, and a little bit about your education. All right. I was born in uh, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil in 1976. And um, when I turned 21, I was at the time going to college down there for business. Um did a lot of sports growing up down there. I was always involved with athletics, but discouraged by my parents to pursue that as a career because at the time, um, to become a physical educator in Brazil and 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 just teach PE at a at a regular high school or even at a college down there, um, it wasn't much of a career at all. And so, it wasn't until I moved to the US. So then at that point, I was going to business school. My parents had business in Brazil, and uh, besides being lawyers, so I worked at their law firm and uh, worked at some of their business. So I was going to business school, but I really had a passion for just training. So at the time, already doing martial arts, uh, playing soccer, doing volleyball, um, I would engage already in, in my own training. You know, really had a passion for learning how to train myself and develop my own routines, going to the beach and doing body weight routines and hitting the gym and connecting with good trainers who were doing you know, more advanced training than just the typical machine training. So I was lucky enough to connect with some good trainers back in the days and learn how to deadlift and how to squat from a young age. I never really took it like to, to the extreme levels that people do. It was just another thing that I did. I like to be well-rounded at the time. And so I was always focused on um, diverse sports at the same time and not really looking to just excel in one sport. So from that experience came a lot of um, of cross training ideas and and people were like to that and so I started attracting people to to work out with me friends and training partners wanted to train with me and so I would train people but just for fun back then in Brazil as a young guy I just enjoyed but it, that gave me some really good experience doing that and then when I moved to the US I got involved with social work I I continued going to college to the US in the US and um, at the time, I was pursuing some some more social studies related. I was pursuing some either sociology or anthropology, and um, and meanwhile, I was working as a social worker. So I really got into the into the social services uh, industry and in school and in at work. But meanwhile, you know, my passion for sports continued. I was playing uh, soccer in college. I was doing martial arts, doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and surfing, and having a good a great time in Mission Beach. Um, and then um, after starting my family, and then I eventually got married and um, moved to, to Northern California, where I continued to work as a social worker initially. But then at our house, I decided to build a, the best garage gym that I could think of it, you know, a dojo, a place where we could do martial arts and training, um, just for my family and, and friends. And from that point on, you know, the word started to spread and people started to want to come to, to train with me. And the social work um, industry wasn't 
get him anywhere. I was, it was very rewarding from the personal experience. You know, I had a great time. You learned, you know, it taught me a lot about life in general and about people. And I was um, lucky enough to develop great relationships where my ideas were welcome. So I was able to implement a lot of health and fitness and martial arts and sports programs at these different nonprofit organizations always bring the healthy aspect to it. So I was always connected to it throughout my life when I when I look back. But it wasn't until um, starting my family, I moved from social work into the construction business, looking to a more solid source of income to raise my family on it. And during that time, it was the construction business, the real estate business came crashing and things got rough. And um, I took the plunge and decided that at that point, my gym, it was just for fun. It was becoming pretty popular. And I decided to follow that passion and, and take a shot at starting my own gym as a business. So I got a personal training certification, started doing that for a couple of years start self-educating a lot, just studying as much as I could, looking for who was the best, who are the best guys in the industry, uh, looking to learn personally from them, not just reading their books, but trying to travel and, and invest you know, time with, with these people. And, um, and then for the first couple of years, that was amazing. But then I started facing the reality of people always having some kind of issue, you know, some, some pain or some 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 limitations that that prevented us from from fulfilling our our hours in the gym the way we want it and, and our goals to the point where we want it. So then I start to look into you know the whole corrective exercises idea and start dwelling into that and enjoying that and the result to the client. But you know it was sort of sort of a hit and miss and um, and it sometimes it took a long time and I and I that there must be a, a faster way to, to help people improve their bodies. And so I started looking into therapy at that time. Uh, I looked into physical therapy school and took a couple of physical therapy classes, some basic classes. I was looking into the PTA program. Um, but that idea wasn't attractive either to go to school to just be an assistant. And while I knew that I wanted to be the one exercising these things, um, so the passion went from just wanting to know a little bit about it to really wanting to be able to do it. So I decided to uh, stop college and, and go to massage school and, and go that route and learn how to use my hands to enhance the results that movement provides to people and uh, the assessment of the body through palpation. Um, and then NKT is what brought muscle tests into the picture. I was doing manual therapy at the time, and I was uh, lucky enough to have learned some amazing methods. I learned orthopedic massage from James Wojlaski, which right off massage school was the perfect fit for what I was looking for, to learn how to deal with knee injuries and elbow injuries and shoulder injuries and things of that nature that, you know, in sports and as a personal trainer, I saw a lot of that. So at that point, that's when I really decided to to start mixing things up and integrating training and therapy together and not having any separation between the two of them. And over the past few years, time has allowed me to refine that over and over again. And uh, it's becoming a, a very sweet, a sweet craft to pursue. Although, as you know, and all of our colleagues know, it can be challenging at times and, and either first, even frustrating because we have a passion for helping people, and the greater you work, 
degraded expectations are from the clients and so forth. And so you have to maintain that balance of doing the work, but understanding that it is what it is too. And people, you know, have to take ownership over their own bodies. And there's other things that are outside of what you do. So you do your part and just hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I mean, it is, there is only so much we could do. If they're not on the same page, then it's not really going to help them at, at all. So yeah. Now what kind of martial arts do you, um, do you, do you train in? I, growing up, the first martial arts that I did, that I started with was judo. Um, I signed up for judo when I was about 10 years old. I did that for a couple of years. And as I got older, right then, around about that time, 12 years of age, I started doing kickboxing. Uh, did that for a few years. And then I got into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was really starting to, to blow up down there, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And my friends were trying to pursue, uh, persuade me to go and, 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 and practice that and it was one of those things that you might have heard from somebody else before. The first time that I tried a class in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I was I was pretty hooked, you know, because it's a pretty pretty imp impressive martial art. It's pretty humbling to to have a martial art that allows somebody to control somebody else so well. Yeah, no, I've I've, I've treated some patients in the past, and they're. The, the philosophy of it really, um, really interested me. In fact, I kind of, uh, I took a couple lessons and it didn't end so well. <laughs> it didn't end so, it ended with me getting a rib cracked and, uh, well, that was the end of my, um, uh, jujitsu jiu career. <laughs> but, um, do you, um, so in your place, are you the only one there? Do you have other employees, trainers that work for you? How's that set up? Yeah. So at this point it's only me, uh, I started out from my garage, actually. I should say that just so maybe other people that are out there looking to, you know, be more independent and start their own thing, you know, just to just believe in themselves and pursue their dreams. I, I was just in my own garage, like I said, and that's where I built the gym. And then uh, when I went to massage school and, and became a CMT, I started the massage, I, I, the, the guest room into my house. The first room was walking from the garage. Uh, it was a guest room that I turned into my massage room. And so... Um, from that point on, um, a couple of years later, I opened the business um, where I am now, which is a 1,700 square feet facility, um, and it's just 10 minutes from where my house was, and it's uh, it's just me there at this point. I've been there for two years. I've just just crossed over two years now in October, um, and it's been growing a lot, and it's getting to the point where by next year my goal is to bring in a couple of staff and or you know just um, some some independent contractors and just um, work something out where. I have, you know, I'm craving that having some other people in there to, to help expand uh, our reach into the community. And I like interacting with the colleagues as well. It's always a blast to learn from each other and just hang around people that have the same passion as you and, and, and so forth. So that's, that's a step that I'm looking to next year. This year has been amazing. I've experienced a lot of growth and success. Um, and, you know, with the birth of my new child just a few days ago, and now I have Brazil coming up to teach NKT in Brazil now. So 
lot of big projects going on. But next year, <laughs> next next year, I'm thinking about bringing some people on board. So at this point, I've been very blessed to have an amazing facility all for myself. I'm very spoiled. <laughs> Yeah, well, again, congratulations on the baby and um, and all the success you have. You've definitely been working your butt off for many years, so it's it's well deserved. So congratulations on that. Uh, so let me. Uh, I, I so I want to understand your your place. Do you so you do massage? Do you, you do training as well there too? Right. Yeah, I figured that I should explain that too. Um, it's a seventeen hundred square feet feet warehouse where I've built a gym. So it's a world class gym. It's wide open space. And in the corner is where I have my therapy, therapy table, and that's where I do my manual therapy. So it's, it's just one big playground where I go back and forth, uh, just wherever the client's needs are. So we hop back and forth from the table onto the gym floor, and we have all the equipment there available to do whatever it is that we need. And so it's, it's literally like a big playground for me. And of course, my kids go in there and have a ton of fun as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, now, so you just, so people come to you for all different reasons, and obviously you have a cash-based practice, and um, and excellent. So you have weights there too. Do you have like a is it open gym too? Do people that see you can also use the weights? Is that how it works, or is it only private sessions with you? Yeah, no. Any any time you're gonna go in there is to work with me. You're gonna come in, okay. and I I offer I offer you know therapeutic. T- excuse me services for uh people that i have you know have been referred to me for for pain reasons and then i offer personal training for people that have been referred to me for personal training and what happens is one you know one population uh blends into the other as the people that are coming in for training they're going to start experiencing some of the the therapeutic work that i do especially with the with a tool like nkt where right then and there on the spot you can make a quick correction and the clients experience the significant difference. So, and then clients come in to do therapy, they're expecting just to come into a place where there's going to be a table and they walk into a world-class gym with a table in the, cor- in the table in the corner. So they quickly realize that I do much more than just therapy, that I'm, that I, that I'm a trainer. And then, you know, you spend a few minutes with me, you soon realize that I'm, I'm all about movement and all about, um, using that as 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 a means to 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 your health. So, you know the the, the two clients uh, sources there from training and from therapy feed one the one another. And and then there's again that idea that I personally don't separate the two anymore either. So I I, I separate the two as services because of you know society and I have to have that on my website. When people look for me, they need to know. Well, I'm coming in for you for therapy. How much do you charge? I'm coming for you for personal training, but personal training. So, how much do you charge? But when I'm working with a client for that hour, it's not about one or the other. It's about whatever the client needs, and I'm gonna bring in all the years of experience and all the tools that I have. And so, there's literally no separation in my mind whatsoever between training and therapy. Excellent. I like that. I like that model a lot. Now, do you use a screening on your training people or your um, body work people? How do you how do you do that? Yeah, so I have two different screenings. One is for people that are coming in for therapy. Another one that are people for coming in for training, and um, and then we use those two assessments to inform, you know, those relationships whether we're going to be going straight into treatment or we're going to be going straight into training, depending on where the client is coming for. 
uh, we're going to do a different assessment. But we have a very true assessment either way, especially the, the personal training assess, assessment that we do. You know, my experience as a, as a therapist has really helped to inform my assessment as a trainer as well. So I'm going to be looking for things that are a little bit different than, than I have before when I was just a personal trainer and just doing movement assessments and things like that. So uh, it really, really helps create a very solid foundation for the clients. They come in, they tell me their goals. I meet them halfway between what they want and what I see that they need. And it creates for a very good foundation for them. Excellent. Excellent. And um, in your, in your gym, what, what kind of weights do you use? Do you have kettlebells? Do you use Olympic weights? Uh, what kind of what kind of stuff do you use? Yeah, so we have kettlebells, we have Olympic plates, we have Olympic barbells and Olympic weightlifting stations. We've got a turf for you know all kinds of sprinting and then sledge and whatnot work. Um, I have mats, grappling mats, so we can do a lot of. Um, I have a. Um, um, a rig, a, a, a functional rig where there's monkey bars and uh, all kinds of accessories that we can use for working with resistance bands and move things like TRX. And, um, so I try to, to put everything there, medicine balls. Uh, I love working with resistance bands just because, you know, they fit so well with movement, you know. It's just you're going to move in a certain way, you add a resistance band to it, now you have a resisted movement that you can do concentrically and eccentrically. So that's fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, man, the gym is it's got all the toys in there. They've got a lot of toys in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds like a wonderful place. It just sounds like so much fun. Um, yeah, in fact, in, in fact, I do a horrible job with my website because there's, <laughs> there's a single picture in there. And, you know, I should have pictures of the entire web, the entire gym, because there's, there's ropes, there's a lot of things. And again, it even looks a little bit unusual just because as you walk in, you know, if you pay attention, if, especially for somebody in our industry who works the industry, in the area, they would, you know, maybe quickly notice that the first half of the gym is more oriented and geared towards rehab sort of work. And the later half of the gym, the second half is more geared towards performance and such. So um, you definitely get that flavor when you walk in there. There's a unique place. And that's another thing that is actually gives me a hard time promoting myself a little bit is because, you know, how do you explain, how do you sell blue when nobody knows what blue looks like? You know, it's what I, what I offer is a little bit different of a flavor. And when I say that I do integrated training and therapy, which is what I've named my business, One Body Integrated Training and Therapy, um, people have a hard time understanding what this integrated training and therapy means. You know, they, they ask me, what do you do? You know, are you, do you, are you a physical therapist or what is it that you do? You know, because this idea of ITT that I have developed for my own, you know, a, approach to my clients over the years uh, it's a great concept and application, but it's really hard to translate into words for people. So um, that's one challenge that I've been facing lately as well. Yeah, well, it sounds like, you know, most of us, we're trying to get people to move better. And you have all the tools uh, right in your grasp to make that happen. And that's that's what it sounds like to me. you got a wonderful thing going there. And I'm sure, uh, as you said, you're doing well and, and, and people got to walk at that door and just be inspired you know whether they have pain or or they're whether they, they want to move better it sounds like uh they stepped into the right place there now i noticed um some of your pictures that you do a lot of body weight stuff um is there any specific training that you have in in that kind of stuff as well 
Um, not really, man. I mean, not formal training anyways. You know, like I said, I'm a pretty self-taught kind of guy. So what I, especially when it comes to body weight, because coming from Brazil, you know, we are a culture that we move a lot. And so, uh, you know, we have things like capoeira. I don't know. Have you heard about capoeira, Eric? You know, that sounds familiar, but I don't know too much about yeah. it. So capoeira is a Brazilian martial art that is based on move, on dancing because it was developed by the slaves and they had to to hide to to the to the slave owners the fact that they were you know pra basically practicing fighting so they would blend in their music that they brought from Africa their drumming and so they they had the circle where there's drumming and there's a couple of other instruments where they're playing and everybody's clapping. And so it's pretty intense. And two guys or two girls or a guy and a girl, and they're in the middle of the, the circle and they're dancing and fighting at the same time. So, you know, growing up, I had my years of practicing that as well. And so um, in Brazil, back in the days, there was a guy named, um, there is a guy named Alvaro Romano, Alvinho. And he's an amazing physical educator who way back in the days, in the 80s, was in Brazil, in Rio, doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so he started blending things like yoga and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and, and I believe Tai Chi and things like that. And he started developing his own methods that he eventually named Ginástica Natural, which nowadays he lives in San Diego in the United States and um, he offers some seminars and, and such. And so I grew up in a culture that moves a lot. And, and then I had people to look up to, like Alvaro Romano. I had inspiration from my... And I've always been a guy to experiment as well. And so I've always been one to just play around and develop my own movements and things like that. And so throughout the years, I was just able to develop my body, to be able to, to move around a little bit, you know, not, never to the level that some people really dedicate themselves, especially the gymnasts, they're amazing. But so no, no formal training there, just really playing around in my body, which has paid off for sure. Yeah, well, I know I've seen some pictures of your kids doing some stuff as well, too. You got like a, uh, a high wire in your backyard or something I saw them playing on, right? Is that correct? Yeah, um, yeah, we just we just bought a house as well. So I, I'm happy that I just got to build, rebuild our gym because in our own house, we had our gym for years and then we moved here and it was just a mess for a couple months and I finally cleaned it all up and built a nice gym for us. Um, so the kids, you know, and they grew up in my gym as well. So they are, they're very fit. They do amazing things. They're, it just comes very natural. And that to me is very educational as well to watch the movie and learn about human nature and, and, and our relationship to movement. You know, it's just, just watching kids can teach us so much. It is amazing. Now, uh, I know I've seen some pictures of them like competing. So do they go to another gym to train for martial arts? They did. They were doing uh, Taekwondo right next door to my gym. There's a, a very good Taekwondo school where I signed them up and they did that for a little over a year. Um, right now, they stopped doing Taekwondo and they're signed up at Jiu-Jitsu, the Jiu-Jitsu jiu 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 school uh, <laughs> that I train at. And uh, so, yeah, and now they're hooked to jiu-jitsu and they're not going anywhere. They're going to be doing jiu-jitsu forever. They've already been doing it ever since they were in their diapers, but now it's official. <laughs> Now, now they're in the gym training. So they they were competing in Taekwondo. They actually did pretty well in the first year. They became state champions, both of them, and went up to the national competition and both finished ninth in the country. Wow. And then now they're doing jiu-jitsu. And next year, 
I'm hoping to join them because I've been away from the sport for a few years as well. And you know how it goes, man. Years go by and, you know, <laughs> the body's not the same anymore if you're not keeping up with the same kind of training. So the past few years I've been so busy that I haven't trained at all. And so I'm finally back on the mat. So I'm hoping the next year these kids can inspire me to compete in jiu-jitsu with them. <laughs> Yeah, that that would that would be something definitely. Yeah, I know when you get your business going, it's always tough to uh, to take care of yourself, uh, you know, as well. So, uh, well, I'm looking over your um, your resume here as far as uh, different techniques you use. So, um, why don't you use active isolating stretches and ART? Um, are those things that you utilize in your practice often? Yeah, Eric, I love that stuff, man. You know, stretching to me is just a very natural thing. I know there's a lot of controversy over it. Uh, to me, there's no controversy at all. You know, my dog stretch first thing when he gets up in the morning. So it's it's a very natural thing for human beings for you to, you know, even yourself to wake up and give it a nice stretch. And so it's just one once again is the idea of how to do things, not rather rather than just making a blank statement of something's bad or something's good. Um, so yeah, I've always appreciated stretching, and then I got to train. Uh, with Aaron Mattis in his methods, active isolated stretching. Uh, it was a great experience. Aaron is a fantastic teacher and an amazing human being. Um, a very impressive practitioner. The guy is at, at, at his age to put out the kind of hours and, and efforts that he puts. It was very inspirational to meet him and to work with him. Uh, and a very nice guy. So, yeah, ever since then, um, yeah, I have my own style of stretch, which I basically just combined PNF with AIS. And because, again, I'm a personal trainer and a manual therapist, you know, it be, the more tools that I have, the better for me to accomplish my job. And so to be able to teach the clients how to stretch, it's it's a very beneficial thing to help them accomplish things that you want them to accomplish. And so I don't do it as much when I'm actually doing body work. When doing body work, I do mostly ART, active release techniques, and, um, you know, just basically whatever works um, in terms of how I'm moving with the clients, mostly just some form of, you know, active release. I like to engage the clients in the release. I like movement as always. To me, movement is always important. So I'd rather have the clients engage in the release with me than me just you know, push away with the clients just laying there. So mostly what I do on the table is ART. And on the gym, if I have the opportunity, I'll have, because sometimes I'll be training semi-private, which is a few clients. I train up to five clients at the same time. And they still have their individualized program. It's not a small group training, semi-private. So they are sharing my time, makes cheaper for the clients, so it makes it way more accessible. But they are stoked to be in an environment, sharing their time with other clients, but they each follow their own program and I'm going around helping everybody. And so when that happens, it becomes hard for me to, to put hands on the client. And so stretch becomes very valuable. If I'm suspicious of something, I'll quickly throw a test on the client. Uh, we find out the, 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 the issue. We quickly, you know, I can quickly recommend the client lay down right in and there on our soft match that we have, the grappling match. Um, I'll have the client either use a lacrosse ball or a, a, a martial arts belts to stretch themselves and and then they get back on the floor and finish doing what they're doing except now it doesn't hurt anymore maybe now their left shoulder is just as strong as the right shoulder and so uh and then it helps the clients i like it because if you teach the clients how to stretch they can be you know uh, aligned in the gym v in line at the gym v and they can be doing their homework you know so 
And it's, again, it sounds like you got an awesome setup. I love it. This is why I like doing this um, this podcast because just just hearing how other people are utilizing the techniques, it's it's so inspiring and it, it gives me so many ideas as well too. Uh, now you also took Anatomy in Motion. Uh, have you been incorporating that stuff with your work as well too? Oh yeah, man. I I love Gary's work, man. It was it was very nice taking that workshop. It was a perfect fit because obviously you know you've taken as well. It's all about movement. And Gary has done a tremendous job in really focus on the movement of, of gait. And he's something that, that was a definitely a missing link to the level that he brought in. And ever since then, it's become a big tool in my, in my belt. And I use it a lot. You know, pretty much all my clients who come in, I watch them walk and observe their gait. I take notes on that. If they're coming in for therapy, we're going to, you know, I like it for, I like it because I can use it either as an assessment uh, you know, I can I can use it as a as a homework as well, and so it's it's great stuff. It it really is. You can use it as a before and after assessment to help, for instance, if you have done NKT as well, and for you to observe the client walking, and and then use the information that you gather from that to inform your NKT treatment, and then get the client back off of the table, and then. Again, once again, use AIM, AIM you know, concepts to assess their gait and then use some of the AIM movements to, to help reinforce their gait so that as they're walking every day, they're reinforcing good patterns instead of you know, promoting and reinforcing poor function. So I do, man, I incorporate it quite a bit. Um, and again, it's not... It, because I use everything that I that I've come to learn, there's no one tool that I use exclusively. So I use a little bit of everything depending on what I see. Yeah, that that, that again, that's inspiring. I, I love that attitude. Um, I, I wish I had more time to spend with my patients. Uh, like an hour would be wonderful, but I, I I have a lot limited time. But I pick and choose, much like yourself. And you know, I had a runner the other day who's just been struggling, and I finally you know, put her in, um, you know, propulsion, um, and, 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 and phase of gait. And you could just see that she's not, she's not supinating and she wasn't pronating on the other foot. And it was amazing. And once we got her to do that, boom, all her knee pain went away. It was, it was pretty magical too. So yeah, it's such a wonderful technique and fits in perfectly, uh, with what we're doing with NKT. And I also noticed that you're taking uh, PDTR as well too. And what I've heard about that is just nothing but positive things. So what do you have to say about that technique? Oh man, PDTI is, is 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 amazing. It's even hard to figure out what to say about that method. It's, it's very impressive. It's, um, it's been quite an experience going into it. You know, um, for instance, from getting into NKT, you know, when I when I saw David's post, immediately I recognized the language. That was the language that my brain had been speaking that's that was the 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 work that i was trying to figure out in the gym you know and so it right away made perfect sense right away i took the seminar and right away i started applying um everything everything was just fitting really well uh and then you come into pgtr and it's 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 a much deeper level of neurology and and you start recognizing how much uh, you still have to go and, and learn in, in, in these aspects of therapy. And, and, and it's very impressive. It's just the results that, that, that can be gained for the corrections that 
uh, a focus on on the primary dysfunctions that exist. You know, we all walk around just filled with so much dysfunction, and PGTR is 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 really laser precise in figuring that out. Not only the dysfunctions, but which one is the real important one and the one that you want to work with it because everything else is just a, a byproduct of that dysfunction, that primary. So if you resolve that, the other dysfunctions are going to fall apart. And the, the work that you do to accomplish that is through sensory input and output. And you learn about all the different receptors in, in the body and, and you know, the different sources of dysfunctions being just all at play on any given day a client comes in you know and you're having a hard time getting results and the client could be um just uh in a very dysfunctional state at that point and that could be coming from a, a, a emotional dysfunction that could be coming from the chemical dysfunction and pgtr gets into all of that so it is it's very deep waters a lot of knowledge a lot of um Dr. Jose Palomar has developed an amazing body of, of knowledge of how to work with the body to promote instant corrections that happen with an amazing, you know, lightning speed. And uh, you feel the tissue tone change. Uh, it's pretty dramatic work. Uh, it, to me, at least, is pretty intimidating as well because it just it's so vast and so profound and so it's it just when you when you're looking at the body with the pgtr glasses it's just it's such a deep deep ocean um that is definitely something that it it takes a lot of practice over a long time to to match it's not something that anybody i think can just take a class and come out guns blazing that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, I've heard some amazing things about it. I'm looking forward to taking uh, the class in Chicago. I will definitely be taking the first class, and hopefully uh, we'll see if I if it's a, possible for me to take any other ones. But I've, I've just heard some great things from it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to implementing those concepts as, as well, too. Now, you also have been recently started to teach NKT as well, correct? Yeah, I had a, the great opportunity to go to Chile with uh, my man, Mr. Ruben Serrano. We had a blast down there. Uh, Chile welcomed us with open arms and received us super well. The students were amazing. were 38 physical therapists that were in the course. Uh, some came from Argentina and from another couple of countries down there as well. Um, the whole weekend was amazing. And yeah, having the chance to bring NKT to another coach, another country was, was great. Yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. And I've heard nothing but good stuff about that class. Now you're also going to be uh, teaching in Brazil as well too. And wasn't was there some kind of controversy down there about teaching it there, down there? What, what was the story there? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I, I had a sort of a feeling that, that we might encounter a little bit of that just, just because the way things can be down there sometimes. And so we start promoting the course down there and our hosts down there are, um, are two guys who are coming from the training background. One is a personal trainer, a physical educator, and the other one is also a physical educator, but he's also a college uh, professor of anatomy. And um, so they both own a company that puts together world-class seminars and in promoting us they kind of diverted a little bit from their their usual flavor because they usually offer 
courses that are based on training. So they do functional training and FMS and courses like that. Um, and so all of a sudden they are offering a course and the word therapy is being used. And so pe people start questioning that. Well, what are you guys talking about therapy? And and so I was wondering if maybe some some somebody in the field, a physical therapist of sorts, would be offended. And sure enough, there was one guy who contacted the local the the, the state department that oversees the the practice of physical therapy down there, and uh, made a complaint and said these guys are offering this course for physical educators. And that's and that should stay within you know the realm of our scope of practice, basically, from what I heard. Um, so it turns out for his uh, unluck uh, reaction that he got from it was the the fact that the president of the of the organization uh, is a colleague of Marcelo, the guy who is our host. Mm -hmm. So uh, he contacted Marcelo and said, "Hey, I received this letter." Um, why don't you come by and let's talk about this? And uh, I'm, I've sent you a letter as well because it's the formality of it. But uh, from what I've seen, nothing seems of concern. But I wanna, I wanna respect his concern and would like to bring him in. So Marcelo went in with uh, Shandown, our other host, and uh, they they did a tremendous job in showing them that we are bringing NKT, much like they have brought FMS. It's just a method to be used by professionals in the wellness industry. And that's the end of it. And that's got accepted. That's awesome. That's great news there. And, and you have a sold out class down there as well too, correct? Yeah, the class is sold out. Uh, at, and this guy, the president, not only did he not have a problem with NKT, he actually liked it enough that he was interested in, in, in offering himself to support in any way that he can. He said he would personally write a letter of, you know, recommend the course to the physical therapists of the state. So, um, yeah, thank you to the guy who made the phone call and complained about <laughs> us. He expedites things a little bit more for us uh, because that's definitely a market that I want to break a little bit more into. This seminar, we are sold out and the majority of the people coming in are personal trainers. The very best personal trainers in the country from all over are coming for this seminar. But we do have a couple of PTs, physical therapists, and uh, we do have a couple of body workers, you know, massage therapists and such. And I believe there's a couple of Pilates instructors, but it's not as diversified yet as it is here in the U.S. But that's my goal, you know, and that's why I was happy to hear that the president of the of the organization is welcoming us down there because I want to help unite the industries down there. And NKT is just such a perfect tool to do that because it lends itself well to anybody's practice pretty much exactly and that's what we're seeing you know all over the world i mean it's bringing professionals together uh, that might not have talked to each other previously i mean i have some made some really good friends that are physical therapists and i know that they you know are probably surprised that they have good friends that are chiropractors and uh, both of us now have great relationships with massage therapists so it, it's such a, a great tool that has really brought a lot of people together so that's phenomenal what you got going on down there and it's it's probably going to explode after this class too i'm sure the demand is going to be crazy you're going to have to go down there multiple times a year <laughs> which i'm sure you have family down there too right yeah, I do. I have my family down there still, so it's it's always fun. You know, this time I'm going to to a different state. I'm from Rio de Janeiro, 
and this time I'm going to Porto Alegre, which is the capital of Rio Grande do Sul, which is a different state, it's a southern state, but uh, next year, if everything goes the way we, we it looks like it will be going, yeah, we're going to be blowing up down there, and then we're going to be going to different states, uh, we're definitely going to be going to my home state in Rio de Janeiro, we definitely should be going to states like Sao Paulo, um, Salvador, uh, Brasília, perhaps, um, I mean, there's so many states down there that we can be going over the next couple of years and spreading the NKT love down there and, and then bringing the different levels as well. People are super excited. The expectations for this seminar next weekend could not be higher. People are just can't even sleep anymore, Eric. People are going crazy <laughs> down there. I believe it, man. It's great. It's great stuff, man. Uh, I guess we're going to have to start planning our, our first ever international symposium soon. <laughs> You know, it's funny to say that David and I were joking about that. So, you know, chances are that could happen down the road. So we'll see. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing there. So awesome, man. Well, I mean, you've got some great stuff going on locally. Um, you know, one one person, um, I don't know if you saw the post on Facebook today, but my buddy uh, Randy Dillon, who uh, followed me down to Atlanta a couple weekends ago to be my assistant, he asked a great question. Um, he noticed that you had previously wrapped your your truck uh, with like an NKT uh, uh, banner kind of thing. You still have that going on? I do. And and he was curious. Is that is that uh, created any business for you? Um, the people calling you from that or asking what it is? You know, I, I I have gotten business from it, and people do ask me what it is. But that's part of the problem right then and there as well. Is that it just creates a lot of curiosity, but it doesn't tell people what it is. So unless the person has a chance to make, you know, conversation with me and ask me about it, uh, they just get puzzled. So, you know, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, it gets a lot of attention, but you see the same puzzled look on people's faces and they're, <laughs> and they're looking at me like, what the hell is NKT, man? Uh, so, you know, the way, the way that came about was I, I went to my graphic designer, who is a fantastic professional and has been with me all these years, does amazing work. And so I share with him the idea that I want my logo in there, but that I also want NKT logo in there. And the guy went crazy and created that beautiful design for my truck. And I went crazy when I saw it too, and we slapped on my truck. But that, the, the, the challenge that it has created is that people are focusing on NKT and they're missing my business logo in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's a good point, right? They're curious about that. That's yeah. Funny. So, funny, funny. Uh, but, hey, I guess uh, any PR is good PR, though, right? They're looking at right? you. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, you can't miss my truck in town, you know? So, uh, now I just need to, to make sure that people know what is it that I'm doing. And I'm just, just this, you know, guy driving this red and blue truck around. Yeah, well, it seems like you should have a table in the back. And when you get enough people uh, puzzled, look, you just bust over to the side of the road. <laughs> Start doing some demos. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty fun if you have an electric one that just pops up on a push of a button, huh? That's pops it. right out. You got like a headset for a microphone, and you just start. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> you just start doing your thing. Um, cool. So I know um, that you uh, are a martial artist. Uh, do you work with a lot of uh, martial artists? Uh, I I work with my share. It's funny, man. It's so funny how my life is always so diverse. So. My clientele sort of, not sort of it, it reflects that. I don't have any specific population that I work with. I work with literally people of all walks of life. And so, yeah, in the midst of that, 
I do work with martial artists. Just yesterday, I was working with a professional MMA fighter. Um, I do a trade. I'm very lucky to do a trade with my my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coach. So once a week, uh, on Wednesday mornings, we get together at my place. I do therapy and training with him, help him with his body. And then right after that, we go into a private lesson from him to me of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I work with him. So And he's he's the highest level there is. He's a world champion and is always competing and meddling well. So I get my share of martial artists that, that I you know perform, that I really live in the martial artist way and, and performing at that level. So I know you're curious about that. And... Uh, and you talked about maybe some you know common things that that I see with with that population, and again, you know, there's also this idea that there's always these common things that you see with pretty much everybody as well, you know. So a lot of the common things that you see with the martial artist, you're gonna see with housewives too. It's pretty amazing. Now, obviously, different populations are gonna bring different you know, patterns and things like that. So if you work with a dental hygienist or, or, or a hairstylist as opposed to a soccer player, things are going to change. But what I see a lot of with martial artists, depending on, on special Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys, it's a lot of issues with their core, neck, wrists, and shoulders. You know, a little bit of elbow here and there. Um, hips, I don't see a whole lot. I see knees a lot because of the, the, the torque and that the forces that go into the knee doing grappling there's a lot of torque that goes into the knee um so if if that's kind of what you're looking for in terms of yeah, you know yeah, yeah. well i'm curious because i know you know they do sometimes they do like choke holds and stuff i mean do you see um you know neck issues like that you know even breathing dysfunction i do i do i do as, as a matter of fact this uh, professional mma fighter that i just worked on yesterday um he came in and yeah, some of his issues were his neck, and um, and the guy had a lot going on for him and a lot of scars and things like that because he split his head open, eating a knee in the cage, and a lot of the time he was in the cage and he um, the cage had a, a, a bursted iron and he uh, cut his head open, so we had some scar there as well, um, but it seems like he was. Um, in well control of himself, but I was wondering that for, for a future session because um, the work that we did uh, was really good. We did some uh, some work on his neck, like I said, and some work on the scars, and then we integrated with some uh, reflexive core exercise afterwards, and he responded really well. Um, and so that's what we started with. But I was wondering about his breathing just because of, you know, in, in MMA there's a very high threshold of, of tension that these guys are withholding and um you know that can kind of put the, the system on high alert for sure it's not brazilian jiu-jitsu can be intense but mma is very intense yeah definitely i mean i definitely seen some some pretty interesting injuries on tv from, from that stuff without a doubt so i can only imagine what some of the uh, fighters come in because they're not gonna they're gonna try to hold off without um tapping out as, as long as they possibly can so yeah, right this guy this guy was actually unique, man. The guy came in, and he actually found me through the website, of the NKT website. Uh, so it's very unique. He contacted me, and he was like, hey, man, uh, I did some research, and I found this NKT thing, and I saw that, you know, you're, you're local here, and I want to come and see you. And when he came in, he said that he had already bought the book and, 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 and read it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, you, you really are um, proactive. 
proactive in your in your in your in your healing. So that's very good. So uh, he wasn't that guy that was trying to fight me doing the tests or anything like that. He was very very um, just conducive with everything that we did. He was a great client. Great. Uh, well, cool. Well, um, I don't know. Let's see. As we're winding down here a little bit, how about any? Um, what's an interesting case that you saw this week? Got anything good? Let me see. Interesting case that I saw this week. Um, this one, I don't know how it's going to work out because I I may actually see the client next time, but it was pretty interesting because I've been struggling with this client with um, some, some uh, sharp pain uh, about T6 or so. And, uh, and we've made improvements in other areas, but not in that area. And it's driving me nuts because I've, I've seen him in a number of sessions. And usually by now, we would have accomplished some improvement. And, and that area is just refusing to cooperate. So he comes in and he has to use the restroom. And while he's using the restroom, I can hear him going to the bathroom. And I can hear the dysfunction in his peeing pattern. <laughs> and so that you know light bulb went off of my head you know pelvic floor and sure enough when i came in and start working with him um nothing was clicking i said all right let's go with the pelvic floor thing and using um a level three nkt protocol i found that i found a relationship between his his back and his pelvic floor uh it was pretty amazing to see the the after the afterwards, you know, activation of, of his body and how he responded. But I never I never take anything like that at face value until I see the client again. Because sometimes you do work and you're a little bit iffy about it. And the client comes in and if you're amazing. And other clients, you do what you thought that was amazing work. And the clients come in and it wasn't the case, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how that one's going to go. But it was pretty interesting how it happened. Just, just the way... That, that light bulb went in my head of something that I experienced that in the moment. You know, that's part of what I love about this work is that any given day, you know, uh, you can come home frustrated with the case or you can come home so excited because you did something that was so cool and it worked so well and the client got amazing results. So this is, that's the truth. Yeah. Yesterday I had a frustrating day. I had a lot of challenging cases and then uh, today I was on fire. <laughs> I was helping a lot of people today. It was pretty, pretty, pretty exciting. Well, how, how old of a guy was that was that person? I'm, I'm curious if uh, pelvic floor is something that would be common in uh, martial art um, people. Yeah. Well, this guy, this guy is a, is a business ex- executive. He's not a martial artist. Okay. Uh, Although he's a pretty big fan, every time we work, I work on him, we always end up talking about martial arts the whole time. <laughs> uh, so, okay, well, that, that's interesting. So, was he in his? Would you say he's in his fifties? No, he's he, he's 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 late forties. Late forties, okay, late forties. And does he lift a lot of weights? Um, no, not really. Mm. He's just okay. he's just kind of an average guy that hits the gym and you know does some bench press or not. No, nothing in particular. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I do find that I've noticed that some guys in their in their late forties, early fifties, um, especially some of my CrossFitters that are trying to keep up with the younger guys and they're lifting all these heavy weights, that they're the ones uh, with the pelvic floor issues. It's, it's almost uh, like clockwork every time they come in, actually. Yeah, you know, I have heard, and I don't remember exactly where that, you know, getting into the forties is actually pretty common and the statistics are actually fairly high 
as to how many, you know, as to the ratio of guys who experience pelvic floor issues is surprisingly high from what I've heard. I haven't looked into exact details of it, but from what I heard is it's not uncommon as, as men, you know, get into their late 40s. So it's definitely something that, that we need to keep in mind. Definitely. Excellent. So, um, so you got this class coming up, what is that next weekend in Brazil, right? And then what do you, you have any other classes lined up yet or you're in the process of setting them up? Um, not yet. You know, um, I'm trying to, to finalize the date for at least for a level two so that at the end of level one, I announced the level two. Uh, and also I want to work on another level one date soon because this class is sold out and they, there's, there's, we keep getting interest people wanting to, to take the class. Um, but at this point, we don't have a class yet. Um, next class, next year, I think I'm going to go back to teaching seminars locally because this year I took the year off. I haven't been teaching any seminars. But next year, I think I'm going to go back to teaching locally. And also, the host is down there, uh, our host down there. And I get invitation to teach sometimes uh, in different countries and stuff. But Brazil is a place where I really want to contribute my part down there and help the industry and, and, and befriend great colleagues down there and develop a network. So uh, our host down there for NKT also wants to host um, my own workshop. So I'm, I might be developing that for either 2015, if not definitely 2016, depending on how next year goes. But chances are I'll be down there teaching a few seminars next year. So we have that lined up. But like I said, there's those projects of hiring some staff to help me up here as well so that I can travel a little bit more. So that all depends on how the business year is going and things like that. You know, I'm always trying to prioritize my practice, my education, and the business sometimes can be hard to to manage in the midst of all of that, you know, because at the end of the day, I have that pressure of delivering the results to the client. So it's, you know, between picking up a business book and, and picking up a uh, an anatomy book. I'm definitely going to be reaching out to the anatomy book, so that makes a challenge. Definitely. Now, I, I forget. Do you host a study group where you're at for NKT? I do. Yeah, I host the Sacramento Study Group, which is a lot of fun because you know is a is in my gym, and we usually have anywhere between half a dozen to a dozen people, and so it's somewhat of a small group, and and it just really allows us to. Uh, just experiment and, and, and have fun together. And, um, and you know, for, for people that are coming into my, not everybody has an environment like I do that I'm very, very privileged to have. And so people come in and they get to see how I do my thing as well and how much fun I have playing around. Um, you know, I experiment quite a bit with, with, with the work that I would do with the clients. And it works, so the clients are happy. But, you know, goodness, the, my, my current clients and my past clients are guinea pigs for my future clients. <laughs> you know but but it's okay because they get good results so they're okay with that but um you know and we need to keep playing around with these things in order to to really understand how we can help that you know best help the clients and how sometimes less is more and how we can minimize their homework and integrate things so that they get the best results that they can and unless we're playing around with those concepts uh, we might get stuck on, on some of that works, but that could work better, you know. So we need to keep playing and, and evolving and um, bringing different paradigms to how we're going to help our clients be the best that they can be. Whether there's somebody that's coming from the couch and they're going to go back to the couch or somebody who is already engaged in physical activities, you know. And that's one thing that I'm very passionate about as well is when I'm working with people, you know, their homework 
offer us a window of opportunity to to help change some people's lives. You know, if they are already somebody engaged in physical activities, your homework is going to help them practice their activities better and safer. Um, and if they are not, then your homework gives you an opportunity to get this person moving. You know, you work with somebody who it's not moving. And there's a, a lot of people who fit that bill nowadays, as crazy as their sounds. You know, I mean, I'm not somebody who goes out to the gym every day and works out for two hours, you know, but I'm not somebody who's going to go a whole week without taking care of my body moving a little bit as well. Um, but so many people do. And so when we see a client who's coming in and who lives a lifestyle that is sedentary, we have a chance to, by giving the homework, allowing the person to, for, you know, five minutes of their day, maybe twice or three times a day, to engage in a movement or two, they're going to not only, you know, activate the muscle that needs to be facilitated because, or needs to be um, strengthened because it has been inhibited, but if we are integrating these local chains into global patterns, we're now enhancing movement as a whole for the client's body. And so, you know, that's going to bring a host of benefits to the client all the way to, to, to who they are as a person, you know, and without wanting to get too philosophical or esoteric about it, but it's true, you know, when you get people moving, they're going to live better lives. And so the homework offers us a great window to get our clients moving more, you know, it's like our chance to, to, to give them a stimulus to move, you know, here, do this. And then, of course, you know, some people are going to do it, some people are not. And when they come back, Asking them to do the homework right away is going to reveal not only that, but how far along they have come as well. So when a client comes back, and if the very first thing you throw at the client, show them your homework. <laughs> from their facial expression, you know, from the way they breathe, you're going to be able to tell, have they done the homework or not? Um, or have they barely done it? Or they have done it, but they're struggling. You know, that this week I had a client come in and... I had her demonstrate me her homework, which is something that I do very common when the client comes in. It's very common for me to ask the client to show me their homework if I feel like there's going to be some information there. Most time there is. So I asked this client to show me her homework, which is a basic exercise. And she gear, geared up to perform the movement as if she was getting ready for war, for a very sophisticated movement that was going to require some crazy level of athleticism. And so right then and there, you know, I knew that something was off, that that movement requires focus. And I asked her to perform with focus when I sent her home. But she comes back and she braces for life to perform that movement. Right then and there, I know that she has been doing her homework, but that summons is still off. So asking the client should do their homework when they come in will not only let you know whether they did or not, because the client's going to have to face that reality. You know, they can't lie, because by doing it, you're going to see if they're skeptical, if they're lost, they don't know how to do it, you know that they haven't been doing. If they get into it, but they struggle a little bit, you know that they have done somewhat, but not a whole lot. If they come in and do it fluidly, now you have an opportunity to observe them doing and see how much improvement they made and where to go from there. So it's um, just having this approach of working with the clients and, uh, sending them home with the homework, and yet sometimes I won't send them home with homework. Uh, so I like to experiment like that as well. And and sometimes the client doesn't require homework. So I want to learn when when does the client require homework or not. You know, to me, I like to give the homework because I like to have people moving. But I want to know what is necessary or not. You know, if a client comes in 
and the SI joint is jammed and is fixated and is not moving and is their core is inhibited. And I perform uh, an ART release of the SI joint. And, you know, we liberate that SI joint. Her pelvis is now is moving beautifully in relation to her sacrum. Her core is activated. That joint doesn't need to be released anymore. The core needs to be further strengthened. Uh, it needs to have its function enhanced, which are two different things, strengthening, summing and enhancing its function. It needs to be integrated, which is yet another thing as well, into whole body movements according to that person's needs, whether he's an athlete or not. But that's where I'm going to go with that. So once I release a client's SI joint, I don't, I don't send that client home to release that SI joint anymore. I just release it for her. She doesn't need to. What she needs to do is strengthen her core to stabilize the joint so the joint doesn't go back to being fixated again. Um, and... Um, but then again, I'm always looking to integrate movements as well. So the kind of exercise that I give to a client in that scenario is already accomplishing both. I'll give the client an exercise that simultaneously promotes movement around the SI joint and strengthens her core at the same time so that the client has a single exercise that addresses all her needs. And that way there's no excuses of lack of time or lack of this or that. Well. That is a wonderful approach, and I definitely agree with it 100%, and it's, it's pretty amazing that you have that going on with what you're doing, plus all the teaching you're doing, and uh, what you're telling me about Brazil is just absolutely amazing. It sounds like that's going to be a whole other uh, uh, thing going on next year. It's, 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 it's pretty amazing. So it, it's been an honor for me uh, to talk to you here on my podcast, and I definitely look forward to uh, meeting you in person hopefully uh, next year at the symposium uh, I'm sure that'll happen then um, but again um, any final things you'd like to um, you like to say before we um, uh, end our talk here um, thank you for having me and um, for anybody who listened and I hope that they, they enjoy listening to you and, and got something good out of it uh, thank you for doing this for bringing amazing people to to share their experience you know it's it's there's so much learning going on with our community it's it's such a great time to be in this industry right now so i'm just glad to hopefully have contributed a little bit uh, i want to welcome anybody who is ever in this in the sacramento area if they want to stop by and, and connect and or connect over you know the internet from afar um i have people that already reached out to me from all over the world and it's so much fun to make these connections and maybe one day meet these people that are halfway across the world in, in a seminar or something like that and it, it's just inspiring as well people are so dedicated and uh they study so much and they practice you know with passion and it, it, it just motivates him to move forward always to have colleagues like you and like so many others in our community way too many to name here so one more time just thank you and look forward to meeting you one day as well eric excellent well you said it right there inspiration passion i mean those are those are things that you um that you definitely shine through in you so again thank you uh, for joining me here on episode 22 and congratulations again on the on the on the new baby add the sun to the collection you got going on in there and um, excellent. Well, thank you so much. A uh, couple quick announcements as I wind down here. I'll be teaching level one uh, next weekend in Seneca Falls, uh, New York. There's still some spaces available there. 
Uh, also in New Jersey, I'll be teaching in December. We still have the early bird special, which is $100 off. That's until November 13th. In March, I'll be out with my good buddy Noah Drucker teaching in Denver. And then I'll be down in Charlotte in April. I'm looking to set up uh, a class in Atlanta. We're actually looking for a new location. Um, the place we did it at was absolutely beautiful. Um, Blueprint Fitness uh, with Josh Jarman down there. and they just, They're just going to be moving, so they can't guarantee that they have that spot. But it was such a perfect location. So if anybody knows of a place similar to that, we're looking for that. Uh, also, I'm looking to set up another class in Arizona and Michigan. And probably, again, I'll be back in New Jersey as well, too. And, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that my class in the Netherlands uh, gets set up next October. So as always, your feedback is greatly appreciated. So feel free to send me a message through Facebook and connect. Uh, check out the Inside the Brain Facebook page. And, uh, you know, thank you for joining us tonight. And I look forward uh, to speaking to you again soon.